Jeff Sessions was passed, it turned my stomach. I appeal the ruling. Jack, objection is heard. The senator will take her seat. I actually can't believe that we're having to fight to protect the security in a court system, to protect the security of our nation. I can't even believe it. When that flag flies high, that means our spirits and our morals are high, our values are high. It's time to make America great again. Join the movement. The Neil A. Caruso Show Podcast. Time to dream big. Informative, insightful, and valiant leadership. Telling it the way it is to make a difference. All right, welcome on this Thursday, February 9th, 2017, the Neil A. Caruso Show Podcast. We are with you from snowy New York City. Uh, it is one of those days where you really don't want to leave the house, but uh, did all the shoveling earlier, so uh, hope you guys helped out as well. And we join you for this podcast after a really good one yesterday where we talked to U.S. Army veteran Rance Mangum uh, about everything from uh, the rioting uh, to... Um, uh, to veterans' health care, and the big storyline, as I uh, told those, we record on Facebook Live um, behind the scenes, and I told them before we started the podcast that, um, you know, the big storyline, obviously, Rance said that those who burn the American flag should be arrested. I agree with him, um, and President Trump has said that on the campaign trail. So that was the big story, and if you go on to neilacaruso.com, we have a little bit of the flag-burning debate. But the big story today, on Thursday, uh, coming out this evening, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Get ready. Drum roll, please. Uh, They have uh, maintained the stay on the immigration order. Uh, No surprise there. Uh, But, you know, obviously that's going to be the headline, and that's going to be in the headlines uh, for the next few days. Um... So a few notes on this. Uh, We know that you have two liberal justices on the court, uh, one appointed by uh, Barack Obama, the other appointed by Jimmy Carter, and then you have a George W. Bush appointee. So the chances were that the order and the whole appeal case was about the appropriateness of the judge's ruling in Seattle to put a restraining order on the immigration and refugee suspension and that has been upheld, the lower court ruling. So where do we go from here? Well, President Trump um, had uh, tweeted very shortly afterwards. So he saw the news like everybody else, and he wrote in all caps, which I retweeted, uh, see you in court, the security of our nation is at stake. President Trump tweeting from at real Donald Trump. See you in court. The security of our nation is at stake, and it is. Uh, where do we go from here? Well, if you appeal that, you could appeal that to the Supreme Court. 
The problem with the Supreme Court right now is that obviously you have Neil Gorsuch is not on the court yet, and so you have a 4-4 split ideologically. Um, Justice Kennedy, however, is known to flip-flop. So he may side with the Democrats, but I doubt it on this case. What I'm hearing some experts, some legal experts saying is that you may actually have a flip like um, Kagan, a, a liberal justice on the Supreme Court, may actually um, – she has flipped on Obama a couple of times, and she may decide that, hey, you know, yes, the law reads that the president has the ability um, to determine who comes into our country. Flat out in the law, 8 U.S. Code 1182F reads in part, quote, whenever the president finds that the entry of any aliens or any class of aliens into the United States would be detrimental to the interests of the United States, he may by proclamation and for such period as he shall deem necessary suspend the entry of all aliens or any class of aliens as immigrants or non-immigrants or impose on the entry of aliens any restrictions he may deem appropriate. That is from the United States Code. It's law. So, Supreme Court, you would think, would say, yes, it's constitutional. The president has the right to determine any alien, non-U.S. citizen, uh, can determine who comes in to our country. That is of executive power. But there are a few other things that President Trump and his administration can do. Uh, there's one that I'm leaning towards. I'll say that in a second. The other one would be to relitigate this in the lower court and to bring it back. And they believe that they can, on the merits of the case, being that it is in fact not a Muslim ban, that it is a it is a ban on seven terror-riddled nations: Syria, Iran, among them Sudan who has a corrupt election going on. They don't really have a government there. Uh, or excuse me, Somalia is uh, is a corrupt government, non-government. It's a weird situation there. If you look that up, that's uh, a fascinating one to study. But they don't communicate with us of who they're sending here. So if they know that they can win on the merits and they believe they can, being that uh, it is fully in the executive authority, that being the constitutional um, argument, but the other argument being that uh, it is – it has nothing to do with religion, that it is uh, determinate on terrorists coming into our nation and that it's for national security reasons, that they can make that case. Now, they can. Senator Sessions has been confirmed, uh, sworn in today in the Oval Office, and being that now Senator Jeff Sessions is in – and you have uh, his administration coming together, maybe they have a better case. Now, I spoke on the phone this evening with a retired INS agent, Immigration Naturalization Service agent, uh, who will be on the show on Sunday in some capacity. We're trying to meet up with him in person. Um, I've met him before uh, when I, I did a radio interview with him. And we're, we'll have him on some capacity on the Sunday program at 12 noon that'll be live on neilacaruso.com and he no center sessions he has testified on congress before um in front of the 9-11 commission and he told me flat out that thank god center sessions is in because um he is someone that can now push for 
the legality, and he's one of the brightest minds there. And so he's very complimentary at Senator Sessions, and uh, the agent told me that uh, immigration is crucial, and we talked about so many issues. I mean, I once spoke on the phone with this agent for a couple of hours straight about um, everything from sanctuary cities and campuses to the legalities of um, immigration and the drugs that actually fund immigration. It's unbelievable, and that's going to be part of uh, a big immigration series that I am working on for you, um, one of many series that I'm working on. But uh, as far as immigration is concerned, this guy is brilliant, and his name is Michael Cutler, by the way, if you want to look him up, uh, Immigration Naturalization Service Agent, and he'll be on the show on Sunday to highlight the important issues when it comes to the suspension, when it comes to refugees, and when it comes to the drug cartels. Uh, and he's very pro-wall. Uh, he uh, he has seen firsthand what Im- uh, illegal immigration has done, and that sanctuary cities and campuses actually hurt the illegal immigrants it's supposed to protect. And he was supposed to testify recently. He was telling me a story um, on Staten Island Court about this. And there are a lot of politics involved, and a lot of political machinations, and it's all games. And so he's very happy that someone like Donald Trump is in office to shake things up. Um, so that's on Sunday. Uh, frankly, I wasn't surprised about this uh, appeal. I don't think anyone really was, although that's the big news today. Um, the option that I think may be viable for the Trump administration would be to rewrite the order. Start from scratch. You have Senator Jeff Sessions in now who can vouch for the executive order. Because the problem is, if this gets litigated in the Supreme Court, yes, it's an important constitutional precedent that it'll set, but it's going to take too long. And we cannot wait that long. We just can't. Because already, and I told you yesterday, I'm seeing stories, people coming in, uh, not just students who probably are innocent, but, you know, they're given sanctuary on campuses, but they're coming in from Iran and Somalia and Sudan. They're coming in from all over while they can, while the order is restrained in the courts. And so our national security is truly at risk. The CIA and the FBI both testified saying that they, ISIS, the Islamic State, Al-Qaeda, they are trying to infiltrate our refugee and immigration population. And they have in Brussels and Berlin. And they came in here on a visa waiver, fiancé visa waiver, San Bernardino. And the FBI even interviewed a terrorist, a Boston bomber, Zarnayev. So we need to wake up and we need to get tough. And in order to do that, President Trump may need to rewrite this order. He's got uh, Senator Sessions to back him up. I keep saying Senator Sessions. He's now Attorney General Sessions. And the Attorney General who's very busy at work on his first day, uh, can help make the case. And maybe someone like Rudy Giuliani as well on the cyber aspect, which is being developed. And all Trump needs is 90 days uh, to suspend immigration, 120 days to suspend refugees, and put an end to Syrian uh, refugees and immigration indefinitely. Build a safe zone there, and let's implement extreme vetting. And I hope and pray that President Trump has been working on implementing the extreme vetting policies already because 
You just can't wait. You just have to do it. And Trump is a man of action. Um, so let's hope that the extreme vetting policies that are put in place protect us from any acts of terrorism. America first. Um, he also tonight, he made an appearance in the West Wing and told reporters there that it is an extremely political decision. He said that the other day as well. Um, he said that he will have a solicitor general in, uh, over the next week. Um, and a solicitor general, in case you don't know, is um, a person who writes briefs to the Supreme Court on behalf of the government, uh, also to some lower courts, that uh, basically represents the uh, executive, the government, really, and issues opinion on uh, basically their case brief. Like, I'll give you an example. The ACLU, American Civil Liberties Union, if they see that a law enforcement officer shot uh, an uh, African-American teenager, the ACLU will file a case brief saying this law enforcement officer should be put in jail without looking at the evidence or, you know, and maybe there is, but um, that's what they do right away, right? They always issue a statement. The Solicitor General is someone who's apolitical who basically just writes the government's um, a case brief. Um, it's called a uh, amicus curiae uh, brief. And that uh, is Latin. Um, and that goes to uh, to the Supreme Court or another court for that matter if the federal government has a stake in the case. Um, talked about this yesterday. Remember uh, Elizabeth Warren uh, made a big uh, stink on the Supreme Court floor? Pocahontas. <laughs> well, Senator Warren had uh, been kicked off and told to sit down. And she was quoting uh, the niece of – or excuse me, the uh, – a relative of Martin Luther King Jr. and um, the niece of Martin Luther King Jr., Alveda King, who has come out in support as a conservative, has supported President Trump from the very beginning when he was candidate Trump. And she came out today and rejected Senator Warren's use of the King name, saying that her aunt, uh, Alveda King's aunt, was a, quote, very reasonable woman who today would recognize Mr. Sessions' record in helping the black community which we won, went over in detail in yesterday's podcast. If you want to know the true civil rights record, okay, this is factual, straight by the book, his record. We read it to you on yesterday's podcast. Um, Alveda King said, Aunt Coretta was a reasonable woman, and she with integrity would have noted that he had done some great work, meaning sessions and fighting against discrimination. Uh, she told Fox Business Network's Neil Cavuto that. She also said, I believe certainly that if she could look at the record of Senator Sessions today with integrity, she would say, well, he has worked to prosecute the Ku Klux Klan. He has worked to desegregate public schools. Um, so Alveda King said that it's basically bait and switch for um, Warren to uh, use the King name like that. Um, we went over the details of it. Um, the 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 letter that um, that uh, the aunt of Alveda King wrote, Coretta King, uh, it was in haste after not all the facts were given, and also it was after um, Martin Luther King Jr. an aide to Martin Luther King Jr. was involved in the case, and it didn't go his way. Uh, he uh, prosecuted. Uh, uh, 
uh, on the uh, case of um, he failed in it, but he was prosecuting a voter fraud that was very well documented on behalf of blacks. Um, so anyway, that was Senator Warren who continues to get attention. This is Elizabeth Warren. I call her Goofy. Goofy Warren. Pocahontas. Um, you hear about this? Uh, the protests today. I woke up to this this morning. Uh, besides the snow. Um, protests erupting outside the Phoenix immigration uh, office after the arrest of an illegal immigrant. So the detention of an illegal immigrant sparked a protest uh, last night at a U.S. Immigration Customs office in Phoenix, Arizona, that resulted in seven arrests. Crowds actually blocked ICE buses on nearby streets. They put their legs underneath the bus that was carrying this woman, Guadalupe Garcia de Reyos, 36 years old. And what happens is that she arrives at the ICE office that she has to do for a routine check-in, but instead of being released, she was detained. Obviously, a change in policy under the new administration. Obama had let her go because she was not a violent um, uh, criminal um, under uh, the law. But I'll tell you what she did. And the case for her is that she um, actually used... Uh, she's identity identity theft. She used someone's information to forge documents, and so she has to check in uh, regularly to the ICE office in Arizona. And so today, when she checked in, they looked up her record. They found that she uh, is a criminal in the eyes of the law. Forget about violent or nonviolent, and she was detained and she has been deported to Mexico, where she is from. And so people were actually holding on to the tires of the ICE bus as they are pulling her away. But, you know, if anyone that has suffered from identity theft, which is the, the actually the most, they have studies on this, that uh, it is the most rapidly growing crime in the, in the United States with the rise of the internet. It's identity theft. And anyone that has had identity theft or knows someone whose identity has been stolen knows it is an arduous process, to say the least. Years and years of paperwork trying to prove who you are. They drive down your credit. You can't get a loan. You can't do anything. It's heart-wrenching what someone, uh, a victim of identity theft, goes through. So, to me, it's like, you know, when someone says, well, drug violence is, is, not, is nonviolent. Well, okay, let's put your kid in the example. I'm going to make it personal. Um, if your kid, uh, let's say they're seven, let, well, we'll give them legal status, okay. We'll say the kid is 18, and they go to, go to a drug dealer who serves them what they think is marijuana. And marijuana that is laced, he doesn't know this, your 18-year-old kid, the marijuana is laced with crack cocaine. The kid overdoses and is in the hospital with a severe case, possibly dies, because kids are too stupid to report it. This goes on. It goes on college campuses across the nation, everywhere. And high schools, got to be careful out there. Educate your kids. 
And do you think that the drug dealer is complicit in your son's or daughter's death? I'd say so. I think by dealing that drug, they are complicit. They're responsible for your child's death. And so to me, that's a violent crime. So identity theft, you now have to spend a lot, a lot of money on lawyers and litigation and trying to get your own personal identity back that no one that no one should be able to take from you your personal identity. That goes to the very being of what you are. And it's stolen. To me, that's pretty violent. Someone stole my identity. Someone tried to do, you know, a, a daily podcast under my name. I wouldn't be too thrilled. So if you think about it that way, um, this person uh, who committed a crime in our country got deported. And, yeah, all right, she has a family. And you know what? Hopefully her family does rejoin with her in Mexico. But she committed a crime here, and what's to say she doesn't do it again? This has to be properly vetted. Um, you could argue with that, but, you know, you commit a crime and you're here illegally. I mean, by the basis of being here, you're here illegally. You know, you would think that if someone really wants to be here that they would do things the right way. I mean, you know, I talk to people who come from families who went in through Ellis Island and it was a process. But they came, And they came here with nothing. They came here with nothing. Yeah, they were discriminated against. The Italians were discriminated against. All immigrants were. But they came into Ellis Island, probably had changed their name, shortened it. Um, and they came in through the right way. They did things the right way. Paperwork, everything filed. And, all right, um, they came here with nothing, but they made something of their lives and look where the generations led to. That's pretty powerful. When you could say you did everything the right way with anything in life. That you did things the right way and you succeeded anyway. And I always say hard work, dedication always pays off. And you can't really earn anything or amount to anything without work ethic. So this woman, uh, 36-year-old uh, Guadalupe Garcia de Reyes, uh, has been deported to Mexico. And there are some protests over that. Um we're going to take a real quick break. We gonna we are going to come back, and we will talk about uh, three executive orders that Trump put forth today. They involve law and order. And an update, a big league jobs update and tax reform. We killed Republicans the last two days. And we certainly did. Um, but President Trump has some plans in mind to implement uh, tax reform. So we will talk about that right after the break. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. The Neil A. Caruso Show podcast on iTunes and NeilACaruso.com. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah. Street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! <gasps> it's hard to concentrate on two things at once like texting and driving. Stop the text, stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. 
Neil's a real deal, but don't just take our word for it. I'll tell you what, I've gotten to know him really well. He's the real deal. We have somebody who's the real deal working for us, and that's what we need. Neil's a real deal. Telling it the way it is on the Neil A. Caruso Show podcast on iTunes and the Neil A. Caruso Show Sundays at 12 noon Eastern on NeilACaruso.com. All right, we are back. I promised the break would be quick. Um, All right, so some executive orders today by Donald Trump. um, And I will give you the quick um, update on it. Um, 22 executive orders total since taking office, by the way. Um, Three orders uh, establishing three uh, department – I can't talk today – three department of justice task forces to fight the drug cartels, reduce violent crime, and reduce attacks against police. Um, So – the drug cartels, and I, you know, I talked to a, a INS agent today who said the drug cartels are rampant. They flow in from Central America, through Mexico, through the United States is a big problem. And what happens is that the drugs come in like cocaine that's illegal that can't be made here, and it's given to our people. And they actually – the drugs are sent – the money is sent back to people in Central America, and they're all in gangs. And there's terrorism, and the drugs are funding that. So that is a massive problem, and if you don't think that they're coming in, you're wrong. Look at New Hampshire. I was there a year ago this week, and I talked to a hotel manager – in New Hampshire, um, at the hotel I was staying at, and she told me that people have died in those rooms on heroin overdoses, that it is so rampant that they're calling the cops every night, that people go there just to shoot up. And it's on the streets, and the kids are doing it. Um, So that is a major problem, maybe not talked about enough. Suffolk County in New York... Massive drug epidemic, and I noticed it's secluded places. I mean, what the hell do you do in New Hampshire, right? Besides politics every four years when you have the the big primary there. What the hell do you do there? Uh, So those are the orders. Uh, Reducing violent crime. So that's not about inner cities like Chicago and Detroit. And then, well... Yeah, supporting our law enforcement. They need our support more than ever. Uh, Let me give you a little homework, in fact. Do me a favor. Just on my behalf. Do this once. You'll make make someone's day. You want to make someone's day? Do it like Melania. (laughs) Make someone's day. Go up to a police officer when you see them. Shake their hand and say thank you. Say thank you for keeping us safe. Say thank you for doing what you do every single day, blood, sweat, and tears, and putting your life on the line so that we could be safe at home. We talked about veterans yesterday. We talked to a U.S. Army veteran. And he told you what it's like to come back here. And he'll be the first to tell you because he's told me off the air that police are on their own battlefield. 
And yeah, there needs to be community relations. But in order to establish that, you also have to have respect. Respect, I always say this, respect goes two ways with anybody, teachers, students. If you don't respect me, I don't respect you. That's just how it goes in my world. So respect goes two ways. And if you go up to a police officer and say thank you, which I do every time I see one, believe me, the look in their eyes, they'll appreciate it. They'll be caught off guard, but they'll appreciate it and they'll understand where you're coming from. It's not a political statement. Just simply thank you. Who wants to be a police officer? Seriously. Who wants to put their life on the line every day? I certainly don't. I put my life on the line just by talking. <laughs> all right, I'm half kidding on that. Uh, but it's a good thing to do. Um, all right, taxes. Get ready for this. Big league tax reform. Big league. Big league. All right. Um, an announcement on tax reform is coming in a matter of weeks, according to the president. Trump says administration will soon provide more details on a much-anticipated plan to cut taxes, um, suggesting that corporations will see a significant reduction in taxes and making the remarks before a meeting with airline executives at the White House today. He said we're going to lower the overall tax burden on American businesses, big league. Big league. And um, we're going to be announcing something, Trump said, uh, over the next two or three weeks. He called it a comprehensive plan that addresses both corporate and individual taxes, um, which Spicer also clarified today. And Kellyanne Conway said that we're looking at uh, the 1986 tax cuts by President Reagan. We're looking at the realities of today's economy, the crushing unaffordability of everyday life many American families in the White House tell us about, and really taking the yoke off the businesses as well. One thing that President Trump knows is business. Well, he knows a lot of things, but business especially. And President Trump, unlike any politician, probably since Reagan, but I would say ever, arguably, from all the studying that I've done on this, you can debate that. He actually listens to regular Americans. Now, I talked about being the blue-collar businessman that he is. Blue-collar billionaire, they call him. Growing up on, on construction sites and all of that. He, unlike anyone else, tapped into what Americans were feeling this election. And he did so two years ahead of time. And he knew people were struggling. And people, coal miners were out of business. And the jobs were going overseas. We're going to Mexico, China. Everything is made in China. And then I love when Trump, you know, does that like his thank you tour in Alabama. He goes, all right, let's take a poll. Um, all right, for those who like Maine America or Maine in the USA. All right, ready? Maine in America. Okay, now Maine in the USA. And you hear all this applause. Do we like man of the year or person of the year? Man of the year? It used to be man of the year. But we're politically correct now. Um, <laughs> but what Trump tapped into, he's, he honestly is hilarious sometimes. You have to admit that. But what he tapped into was that people were losing their jobs. And that the wages were stagnated. That the lowest labor participation rate since the 70s. And 95 million Americans out of the labor force. The 13 million Americans have food stamps. 
that are struggling, everyday people. Not just the white working class in Minnesota and Wisconsin, but you know, also uh, people in the inner cities. And he vowed to be the president of all Americans. So what he wants to do, and we talked about it yesterday, um, first of all, personal taxes, the tax season now. Let's reduce the tax brackets from seven to three. Simplify the tax code because it's too outrageously long and no one can understand it, which is why everyone goes to a CPA. And let's also reduce taxes because that means people will spend money. Yeah, they'll save, which is good, but they'll spend money in the economy and that can only help, obviously. So you reduce the highest tax bracket, which is at, I think, 38 now. So bring that down. Um, and, you know, I mean, honestly, with federal and state and local taxes, sometimes you're paying 50% of your income goes to the government. How is that fair? And then, okay, it goes to the government. What did they use it on? They use it on stupid studies. Do you ever see there are a couple of Republican senators that put together a comprehensive list every year of the government waste, fraud, and abuse? And there were studies that are done literally to find out, do people like cats? There was a study on that, I swear. I swear to you. Okay? Um, do people like to live in poverty? What are people feeling? And how does that make you feel? Okay? Well, yeah, well, you'll be living in a van down by the river with the way that the government wastes your money. So, you should have more control over that, is what Trump's argument is and the conservative argument. I don't understand why anyone... I mean, who wants to pay more taxes? Seriously. Otherwise, I mean... Uh, I guess this is why Democrats live predominantly in the Northeast and in California. They, I guess they like to pay high taxes. I don't know. Do they They really like high taxes? Uh, the corporate rate reduced that to 15% so that businesses can invest in the U.S. and hire more workers. Now, I have a list of big league jobs that I put together and I keep track of, and we will give an update on the Sunday show. Big league. And I have my guys who do an excellent job um, put together uh, a full-screen graphic of this. And I went through the list yesterday because Intel invested $7 billion this week in innovation in a Arizona factory um, for uh, chips, um, powerful chips, creating 3,000 specialist positions and 10,000 support jobs. Well, 1,789,000 900 jobs have been created and saved for American workers since President Trump was elected on November 8th before even implementing his pro-business policies. There's that much confidence. By the way, the market had one of the best days today. The Dow was up, I think, 115 points. Um, Invested in the U.S., 69 billion, 700 million dollars invested in the U.S. since Trump uh, was elected on November 8th. Big league jobs. And so that is uh, a little update on that. Big league. Putting uh, American workers first. America first. 
why do we let other countries rip us off? I don't know. Now, I had a very interesting conversation tonight, and I'll leave it with this, with someone who oh, I guess he's affiliated with a union, teacher's union in Connecticut, and he's going to be – we're going to have him on the podcast on Monday. He's also going to be on the show on Sunday as part of a report about education. Um, and this gentleman uh, is very involved uh, – with the uh, teachers and students, and he said, and he told me, he's like, uh, Neil, I mean, it's, it's, there's no, you cannot ask for change in these schools, and there's no accountability, he said. And these unions, which we talked about a little bit, there's no accountability. Uh, teachers are there forever, and, you know, there, there are things like I don't want to get him in trouble because he doesn't necessarily go with the union line, if you get what I mean. And I was a little surprised by that. But he's – after talking to him, he's a common sense guy. You know, why can't we just have common sense policies? Forget about the partisan bullcrap. Let's get to real common sense. Let's talk about um, education for our kids. Um, let's talk about the best way we can do that. Let's give them choice. Right? Wouldn't that be common sense? I would think so. And then the you know the hypocritical part is the Democrats who promote public schools. They send all their kids to fancy schmancy uh, private schools. You know, up in uh, Chappaqua and up in all these fancy places in uh, in the country and in D.C. and yada yada. So, well, they're hypocrites. But you know, you really get to the heart of where this country is at politically when you look at every aspect of it. And you talk about just, all right, one factor is education. How come we can't just come to a sense that the unions just want to keep the status quo and we're going to – you're hurting teachers and students. Who is benefiting? Oh, the unions who are making a lot of money off of that. And it, it enrages me. It really does. And so the goal is here – as we're going to do with immigration, we're going to do with education, we're going to do with national security. We're going to keep doing our part to make a difference on this program. And, you know, if that means rolling some heads around, that means rolling some heads around. But change is only going to happen with someone like President Trump. And I think there are a lot of people who, you know, are silent in their support, but they understand that. Um, the changes needed to really get stuff done. And without a shaker like Trump in office, you're just going to get the status quo. You're going to get the people out of the labor force. You're going to get the poor educational systems, which is not discussed very often. These are undiscussed topics lately because we're focusing on the Muslim ban, which it is not. Um, so we're just going to keep rolling along here and tell you what you need to know every day. Uh, and I hope that's okay with you. So we're going to do it anyway, um, and we're going to make sure that uh, stuff gets done. We're going to try to put together some action because sometimes there's just all talk and no action, um, and that hopefully President Trump maintains the outsider perspective and doesn't forget where he came from like um, all the other politicians like Elizabeth Warren who just kind of forgot – uh, her way, although I don't know if she really ever had her way. This is Elizabeth Warren. I call her Goofy. 
Alright, so that's going to wrap up the program for today. Uh, tomorrow, we finish up the week on the Friday podcast. Um, always a lot to talk about. And then Sunday, we have the Neil A. Caruso show on neilacaruso.com, the first uh, live streaming show on the website. Check us out, by the way. We had that story up about Rance Mangum, the U.S. Army veteran, and about burning the American flag. What are your thoughts on that? You know, we've had people kneeling at the National Anthem. We've had people burning our flag. When is the time to stand up and say America first? America first. What's so wrong with that? What is so wrong with being proud to be an American? So think about that. We'll talk to you tomorrow. God bless America. Take care, everybody.